How was it this time, Dad? Did you feel the effects this time? I looked at my daughter's expectant faces. I don't really think it's for me. They thought I was completely daft. This is something for you. No, it's, it's something for you and your friends to enjoy, I said. Maybe I'm just too old. Maybe I'm just too old to get all of the benefits that you get out of it. One thing I must say for my children, they don't give up too easily. The next week they were ready. Dad, try it this time for nine minutes. You'll really love it if you give it enough time. Nine minutes should do it for you. Come on, Dad. I looked over at Sally for support, but she gave me one of those, you got yourself into this, get yourself out of it look. So off I went for the third time to the sun shower. I went in the tube, pulled the door shut, read the instructions clear through. For a third time. They hadn't changed a word. I put on the goggles, closed my eyes. <sighs> the coins. Goggles off, coins in, goggles on, eyes closed. Let me tell you, if six minutes is a long time, then nine minutes is a very long time to stand in a closet, in the dark, listening to clicks and whirs. So I took a chance and opened my eyes, only to find that I could see right through the goggles. Looking around, I wondered if I could get more of a tan if I stood closer to the mirror. Then I saw some things that looked like coat hooks on the wall. Hmm, I thought. Maybe they were there to reflect the rays. Standing still for nine minutes was not much more interesting than keeping my eyes closed for nine minutes, so I turned around. I saw a doorknob. What was this? I turned the knob, and the door opened to a room filled with the most refreshing light rays and replica ocean breeze I could ever imagine. For three weeks, I'd been standing in the changing room. All this time, I thought I was having the experience I was supposed to have. I tried to work up the feelings of refreshment, but I knew that they weren't real. As hard as I tried, I just didn't get it. Finally, I had experienced the real thing. Is your experience with Jesus like this? Have you been standing in the changing room for weeks and months, even years, wondering what's so great about being a Christian? You see others at church or in your small group, and they talk about how wonderful it is to know Jesus, really know him like your best friend. And you long for that same experience. Maybe you even try to put on a good show, telling your friends how much Jesus means to you, even though you know it's not true. Perhaps you attend church every week, but come away feeling empty, thinking it's a great waste of time. Yet others come out refreshed, so you keep going back. You keep putting your money in the coin slot and keep telling your friends what an exhilarating feeling you have too. But you know it's not working for you. Jesus would not have invited us to be his friends if he didn't mean it. He would not have called us to follow him if we were not meant to see where he's going. This is what we're inviting you to do. Walk with Jesus. It sounds simple, doesn't it? It is simple, but it's not easy. We can help you develop a deeper understanding of what it means to walk with Jesus, to be his follower, his disciple, in a way that you can remember and apply to every situation and relationship in your life. Is that all there is? 
We work all day. We feed the kids. We clean the bathroom. We go to church. We will work all day again. We feed the kids again. We go to choir practice. We catch the news. We go to the store. We do the laundry. And we feed the kids again. You get the picture? Before we know it, years have gone by and we wonder what has become of our lives. Have we done what we thought we would do by this time? Have we become who we thought we would become at this time? Have we sat at the feet of Jesus as much as we wanted to? It's not difficult to let responsibilities and roles shape our lives. You're a mom or a dad. You're a teacher or carpenter or stockholder. You're a single parent. You're caring for an aging parent. You're working two jobs to pay off medical bills. You're on three ministry teams at church and now have been asked to join the board as well. And so you're human. So you get tired of all this. Soon, even things that you care deeply about wear you out and you want a break. The world is full of the walking weary. Yet this is not the life that Jesus called us to live. In Matthew 11:28 and 29, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, Take my yoke and learn of me. Jesus wants to show us a better way to live. When we follow where he leads, amazing things happen. How much richer and satisfying our lives are when we let Jesus shape them. Being, not doing. In any city in America, we can choose from dozens, if not hundreds, of churches that preach the message of Jesus and his kingdom. And then there are books, thousands of them, Every year, thousands of newly published Christian books join the tens of thousands already on the shelves. These books tell us how to be a Christian student, a Christian teacher, a Christian parent, a Christian journalist, a Christian spouse. Books tell us how to pray, how to sing, how to think, how to speak as Christians. Some books even claim to tell us what God wants us to drive. Enough already. This is not one of those books. This is not a book about doing discipleship. This is a book about being disciples. This is a book that helps us see Jesus. This is a book that helps us see where Jesus is going. This is a book that helps us follow Jesus where he leads. Jesus the Radical Jesus was a radical. He did not fit into the prefabricated mold of Messiah that the Jewish culture had prepared. He did not offer his backing to the established religious community. He showed no interest in influencing the politics of the day. Jesus was a radical from the time he was 12 and dared to go about his father's business by questioning and instructing the rabbis in the temple. Luke 2, 46-49 In a revolutionary style, Jesus spoke of a kingdom where God ruled as king. Jesus broke into history at a real point in time, died on a real cross, and left behind a real empty tomb. This was no last-ditch effort on God's part to save the world from its woes. This was his plan for bringing his kingdom to earth. The cross and resurrection changed history. Now we are pointed toward heaven. Now here is the amazing part. We can live in this kingdom right now. The kingdom of God is not some far-off, distant future realm. It's not a state of mind. It's not something we dream about or long for. We are in it. God's kingdom is a real place where we can walk and work and have relationships. Yet here is another amazing thing about Jesus' announcement of this kingdom. The king wants to live with us. God is not an absent ruler sending messages through his servants because he can't be bothered to come himself. 
the ruler of the kingdom, has come to us. He lives in our neighborhood. He invites us to walk with him, to work alongside him, to sit at the supper table with him. And if we accept this invitation, he says we can live with him forever in his kingdom, starting today. Living in the kingdom with the king as our guide, that is discipleship. That is what we mean to be a follower of Jesus. We have no higher calling. The essence of being a disciple is spending time with the master himself. Walking and working and eating with Jesus is not about rules and regulations. It's not about how many times a month you go to church or how many verses you read in the Bible every day or how much of your income you give to the church. God wants us to do all those things just for different reasons than the Pharisees had. He wants our hearts. Which way will you go? Following Jesus is not a part-time occupation. It requires total commitment. It requires fighting against the tide of what's popular. Jesus will not be cheated. He wants everything you have. In the aftermath of the tsunami that devastated Asia in December 2004, incredible stories of survival have emerged. Many people recount being so quickly submersed in water, churning with debris that they didn't know if they're struggling was taking them up towards the surface or further down into the depths. The survivors were those who were able to find their way up. When you're struggling against the tide, it's important to know which way is up. We're living in a time of seismic changes in our culture, changes that have left us disoriented in our spiritual journey, even as we fight against the tide. But Jesus knows the way. Jesus is our unfailing compass. We invite you to walk with us in a passionate, intimate life.